Welcome. We're so glad you're here with us today. Welcome Smyrna campus. We love you guys. We're glad you're with us today. Anybody connecting with us online, we're so glad that you have found us and connected with us online today. We are in a series called God Revealed. And so far in our series, we've examined God's holiness, his power, his wisdom. Last week, we talked about his wrath. If you missed that, I am so sorry. You can go back and catch that online uh, on our website at lakeshorechristian.com or on our YouTube channel. And uh, any of these that you might have missed, you could go back and catch there. Uh, today, we're going to be examining God's faithfulness. That's why I asked the praise team to lead us in that song uh, as we were collecting the offering today to remind us. And I'm going to be using some of the lyrics of the different stanzas of that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, as we look at what God's Word reveals to us about the faithfulness of God. I want to begin with a passage in Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9. It says this, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. What a great reminder of the faithfulness of God. You may remember the story. There was a man who lived in kind of a remote area in a valley in a little cabin. And the rains had been really torrential uh, that season. And the valley was beginning to flood. And they had issued an evacuation notice for the valley. And they uh, came out to be sure, checking all the homes to make sure people had evacuated. And so they came out, the rescue uh, squad came out in a four-wheel drive rescue vehicle, and they went up to the cabin, and they knocked on the door, and they said, Sir, I don't know if you've heard yet, but the valley is flooding, and we are evacuating everyone. Uh, we'll be glad to take you out safely before the waters get too high. And he said, No need. I'm not going anywhere. I've been praying to God. And God is faithful to take care of his children. They went back and forth over and over again. They couldn't convince the guy to leave. Well, a little later on, the waters got even higher. They knew this guy was going to be in danger. So they came by in a boat. The rescue crew is in a boat now. They come by the cabin. He's out on the front porch with water up to his knees. And he said, sir, uh, we wanted to come by and check on you. We know the waters are going to get even higher. If you'll come with us in the boat, we'll take you out of danger here. He said, no need. I'm a man of prayer, and I'm praying to a God who is faithful, and God will take care of me. Well, a little later on, they knew the whole valley had flooded pretty bad. And so they sent out a helicopter just looking for any people that might be stranded. And there was the guy standing on the roof of his cabin. And they dropped down the rope and they said on the loudspeaker, Sir, grab hold to the rope and we'll bring you up into the helicopter and take you to safety. He said, yell back, no need. I prayed to God. He's faithful. He's going to take care of his child. Well, the guy drowned. He ended up in heaven, and he got to see God. He, he was so mad at God. He said, God, I can't believe this. I prayed and prayed. You say in your word how faithful you are, and you let me drown. I can't believe you did that. And God looked at him and said, what do you expect? I sent you a four-wheel drive and a boat and a helicopter. <laughs> Even when it doesn't feel like it or look like it, God is faithful to his children. He doesn't always do things the way we think he ought to do them. He doesn't always provide the way we think he ought to provide, but God is faithful. 
And today we're going to look at three points, uh, three areas where we find God's faithfulness revealed to us in Scripture, in creation, in life. By experience, we find God to be faithful. The first area is that God is faithful in his character. He is faithful in his character. A lot of times people say, have taught, you know, don't worry about your reputation. That's what other people think of you. Be concerned about your character. That's who you really are. Well, if you want to know who God really is, we need to know God's character. And when you look at the character of the God of the Bible, you find him to be a faithful God. The first stanza in that song, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Now, that sounds like a great song, doesn't it? Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be wonderful to know God is really that faithful God? Well, that's exactly the character of God that's been revealed to us throughout the ages. That kind of faithfulness that he provides as a part of his character. In James chapter 1, verse 17, James said this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Isn't it great to know you've got someone that you can count on? And, and, and I know it's great to have that in flesh and human life and on this earth where you feel like I've got a husband or a wife or a friend or a mom or a dad that, or a child I know I can just count on. But here's the problem. We in the human flesh are limited in our ability to always be there and always help and always take care of the situation. I don't care how wonderful your wife or your husband is, how great your parents are, there will be situations where they just cannot provide what's needed. And when you lose someone you love, I know some people are so devastated by that because they say, they're my rock, they were my life. Well, if they were, you put your faith in the wrong place. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't love them and care for them and appreciate all that they do and the fact that they've always been there for you, but you have to understand the limitations of people in the flesh. They cannot be God for you. And you should never look to them to be that for you, ever. There's only one God whose character is his faithfulness, who will never fail us. And every good and perfect gift comes from him. Everything good in your life. I'm blessed by our wonderful wife. I'm blessed by, by our children and our grandchildren. Those are all great blessings. But every good thing I have, you know who's the source? God. God is the source of all of those good things in my life. Any, any good thing in your life, guess who's the source? God. He's the source of every good thing in your life too. And so we need to put our trust where it belongs in the character of a faithful God. Now, he's displayed that faithfulness all the way through history in his interactions with human beings to give us the evidence we need upon which to base our trust in him and his character. All through history, he has shown himself to be faithful. Think back in the Old Testament, God's promise to Abraham and Sarah. 
Abram and Sarai, Sarai at the time were, were their names before they were changed to Abraham and Sarah. And God said to them, he was going to give them a son. And through that son, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Now, at the time he gave them that promise, they were already well past childbearing years. So in order for this to happen, it was going to require a miraculous work of God. That's the only way this was going to happen. And if you remember right, Abraham had some struggle believing it, but, but when the angel told Sarah this, what did she do? She laughed. <laughs> now, she may have been thinking about, uh, you mean we're going to have fun at this age? You know, uh, I don't think so. Uh, Maybe what got her tickled, you know, just thinking about that at their age. But I think she also laughed a little bit at this idea that at our age, we could actually have a baby. And God, even though Abraham and Sarah got outside of his will and tried to make this happen the wrong way, the way we often do, God still honored what he promised he was going to do. And he gave them the son, Isaac. This child of promise through which God said, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world through this child. And your descendants through this child are going to be so numerous you can't even count them. But then God did something just shockingly unbelievable, I'm sure, in the eyes of Abraham and Sarah. God said, take this son I, I promised you, Isaac, and sacrifice him to me on an altar. That meant they were going to have to kill this son of promise. They had to make a decision. Is God's character so great in his faithfulness that even if we are obedient to this, he can still keep his promise to us? And so Abraham took his son Isaac and he took him up to the mountain where God showed him and he built the altar and he put the wood in the fire and he took his son and he bound him up and he put him on that altar and he went to sacrifice his son Isaac and God's angel stopped him right there. In Genesis 22, begin with verse 17, God is responding to Abraham's obedience, his willingness to trust in God's faithfulness. He said this to him. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me and we sit here today in those blessings because God is what? Faithful. God is faithful. He can do, in fact, in Scripture, it tells us that Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, that he could trust the faithfulness of God. Uh, and that's why I wanted to share this characteristic today. It's because we have struggles, don't we? All of us, knowing that we can trust God to be faithful all the time. And, and I don't know what you have in front of you right now. Some of you I do. Some of you I don't really know. And, and whatever the obstacle is, whatever the challenge is, whatever the hurt is, whatever the pain is, whatever, whatever it is you think, I can never get through this. I don't know how in the world any of this will ever work out for good. Here's what you have to do in those times is say, I know God to be the faithful God that he's revealed himself to be in Scripture. So I can trust him no matter what. 
Doesn't matter how hard it is. Doesn't matter what the challenge is. It doesn't matter how impossible it seems to be, like having a baby when you're 100 years old or whatever it is. If God wants it to happen, what can God do? Make it happen. And God only wants what is good for you. Every good and perfect gift in your life comes down from him. So if he wants something for you that is good, our God is faithful to bring it about. We have history to show us the faithfulness of God. And, and, and the example of Isaac is just one example. There's example after example, experience after experience, time after time we have recorded for us. And we have probably experienced, maybe I know I have, or maybe you have too. You've experienced times when you saw no way and God made a way and you were reminded of his faithfulness again. That's the character of God. It is for him to be faithful. Psalm 33, verse 4, the psalmist said, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. You see, in his faithfulness, when you know him to be the faithful God, then how will you look at his word? How will you look at his instructions then? You will understand the value of his word, of his teachings, of his instructions, because you know he's a faithful God, and every good thing in your life comes from him. So if you follow his word, it will take you where God wants you to go and bless you the way God wants to bless you and provide for you the way God wants wants to provide for you. You see, God's word is true, and he is a faithful God to tell us the truth about things so we can trust him completely. In Isaiah 46, beginning with verse 9, he says this, Remember the former things, those of long ago. So he's saying, think back on all that God has done in your history. That's what he's reminding the people to do. Here's what he says, I am God, there is no other. So, so who can you go to that you know you can count on completely? There's only one. There is no other that you can put that kind of confidence in, put that kind of trust in. Only the one God who has shown himself to be the faithful God, okay? He says, I am God. There's none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. I like that. We, uh, we have a hit song right now, Old Town Road, you know, uh, right? Uh, you're laughing because you know the song. I know you know the song. You can't help but hear it. It's on all the time, all over the place, right? And part of that song says, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do, right? That's kind of the attitude and the approach of the song. There's a lot of danger in that attitude because there's only one God. And that God knows the beginning and the end already. He knows everything in between. He has a plan and a purpose for it all, for your life and for mine. And it's for our good. Every good thing we have is going to come from him. So when he has that kind of knowledge and that kind of information and that kind of love and that kind of intention, then I want his purpose to stand in my life. And I want him to do all that he pleases in my life, don't you? Want him to do all that he pleases in your life? Don't tell God, nobody's going to tell me what to do. When he has every right to tell you. But not only does he have every right, what he tells you is true and good and right for your life. Why wouldn't you want someone like that faithfully abiding in your life? And so we need to remember, it is 
It is so much the character of God to be a faithful God. He's, he's faithful in his character. But another area he reveals to us in Scripture that he's faithful in, and, is, and talked about in the next stanza of the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, is he's faithful in his creation. We've looked at this several times in this series, how in creation God has revealed a lot about himself. And one of the things God has revealed in creation is his faithfulness. Look at the stanza of the song. It says, summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. He says, just look at created order of things. And he's saying it's God in this song. The, the writer is saying it is God who who put that in place and, and sustains it in the order that it's in so that you can count on certain things. Last night when you went to bed, what did you expect to find this morning? The sunrise. In fact, if you looked at the report, it would tell you the exact time of the sunrise. Now, how could they tell you that? Because it's so precise. They can tell you, not just tomorrow, but way into the future when the sun's going to rise. You know why? Because it's so accurate. It's so precise. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, the rotation of the earth, the, the rising and the setting of the sun, the changing of the seasons. Yeah, fall finally came, didn't it? You felt it this morning, right? Last week, you didn't think it was. You thought, oh, no, God forgot about fall because it's 100 degrees out here. But what came? Fall. The change of the seasons did come. Genesis 8.22, we are reminded, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. You know what we can count on? The order that God put here will always be here till the end of this age. It will always be here. And it's so precise that if the earth were to vary in its orbit time by one second, it would make news all over the world. It would be the headline for that day. That's how precise it is. And he's saying that's evidence to you of my faithfulness. I created this for you, God is saying. I put it in order for you. How many of you remember the solar eclipse that happened a couple years ago, right? What a big event, right? They were selling special glasses to watch the eclipse or giving them away at certain places. And you could go out and watch it. And they knew it was going to happen on August the 24th at 2017. They knew the exact time it would start, the exact time that it would end. It only happens once every so many years, but they can predict it for the, the remainder of the years that this earth exists. They can predict when it's going to happen again. You know why? Because it is so precisely set by a faithful God. That's why. He's given us so much evidence to his faithfulness. Isn't it amazing? We sat out there in our backyard, had on my special glasses, and we watched the sun be covered up, and we saw it revealed again. It got dark, and it was kind of spooky, and then it got light again. And you know what? 
I appreciate science. Don't get me wrong. I love science. I love the advancements of science. But you know what science was able to do? Was predict exactly when that was going to happen and how long it was going to be. But they couldn't have predicted that had there not been a precise set order of things for them to predict by. God is the faithful God of that kind of order and precision. There's nothing beyond his ability to orchestrate and control. Nothing. And so we can count on that evidence revealed to us of the faithfulness of God. Psalm 119, the psalmist said in verse 89 and 90, Your word, Lord, is eternal. Is God's word just for back then? Is his teaching just for some time back in the past? No, his word's eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures until God says, that's it. See, he has set something in motion that will stay in motion until he decides to end that order. We can count on the faithfulness of God. And I'm so thankful that we see, again, that evidence. We see it in his character. We see it in his created order of things. The faithfulness of God is so prevalent, so much all around us that we ought to learn to trust in the faithful God who loves us and wants us to have all the good he prepared in advance for us to have, all the blessing he wants us to experience in our lives. But I want to close with the one that's my favorite. There's a lot of others we could talk about, but God is faithful in his compassion. Last week we talked about the wrath of God. You know what? God is faithful in his wrath too. He has said exactly what's going to happen. He has set a judgment, yes. And he's made it clear, we're not the judge. You're, somebody says, you're not the judge of me. I'll say, you're absolutely right. But the mistake they make is thinking there's not a judge just because I'm not the one who's going to do the judging. God is faithful to be that judge. But he is a judge not only of justice, he's also a judge of compassion. You see, he, as God, has this way to have both justice and compassion at the same time. We struggle with that as human beings. It is hard for us to keep that balance and operate with both things uh, in full force at the same time, both justice and compassion. But, but the God of the Bible is able to do both at the same time. So yes, there is justice and judgment, but yes, there is also the offer and the presence of the compassion of God in the midst of all of that. Listen to that stanza from the song. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. He's saying God is so compassionate that he's provided for us past, present, and future everything we're ever going to need and has made it possible for us to have a bright hope for tomorrow even if things here have been awfully hard painful disappointing we've caused had to go through struggle we have a bright hope don't we and the only way we can hold on to that bright hope is because we know God to be faithful to his promises we have a bright hope for tomorrow 
But sometimes in the midst of, uh, of Christians thinking about eternity and thinking about heaven, we forget about the other parts of that promise. His own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Even while we're going through the struggle, even while we're going through the hard things here on this earth, in this life, we have the power and the presence and the provision of a faithful God through all of it. What a blessing that is. That we know we can count on the faithfulness of God even here on earth. It's not just looking forward to heaven. It's experiencing the presence of God here right now. You see, the scripture tells us that when we accept Christ as our Savior, we're baptized into Christ, we rise to a new life, and he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the churches struggle with this idea of teaching about the Holy Spirit, but there shouldn't be any struggle. The Spirit is not an it. It's not a thing. The Spirit is God. It is the presence of God in us. And he says, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. We have God with us, the hope of glory. It is that faithfulness of the presence of God that should allow us to have joy and peace even as we go through the hard things of this life. I've had this saying for a long time. Sue Ann says, I say this all the time, and I probably do. I always say this, this ain't heaven yet. Every time somebody complains about something, you know what my answer is? Well, this ain't heaven yet. Don't expect this world to be perfect for you. Don't even have that, that, that idea that everything's going to be going smooth for you all the time. I really don't like preachers that get up there and preach this health and wealth gospel kind of thing. Because it's a lie. The scripture never teaches that. It does teach God's provision. It does teach God's blessing and God's care. But it doesn't teach that nothing bad's ever going to happen to his people. Just look at the history of God's people in Scripture. They were enslaved for hundreds of years at one time. It was because of their disobedience and their rebellion, but they had to go through that. They were caused to wander in the wilderness for 40 years and not get into the promised land until the next generation was ready to go in. Why? It was discipline that was coming from God. God's people have always had to go through suffering, struggle, heartache. He said, in this world you'll have trouble, but then he said, in the very next breath, take heart because I have overcome the world. Just hold on. Trust God through those things. God's faithful. He has overcome the world and the things of the world. Overcome means he's an overcomer in the sense that he has already won victory over those things for us. So you can survive those things, but not just exist and survive. You can even thrive with peace and joy as you go through those things. It doesn't mean everything's going to be, oh, fun. Yeah, everything's great. No, it doesn't mean that. It means there can be a sense of assurance even as you go through them that can give you peace and joy no matter what. It is a peace, the scripture says, that is beyond understanding. You won't even know how you have it except that you know him and he is the source of your peace. That's the only answer. A faithful God can give you that peace. I think most everybody here probably knows this verse, John 3, 16. We're going to put it up on the screen. I want you to say it out loud with me, okay? When you think about the faithfulness of God, John 3 and verse 16. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The only reason that verse exists is because God is a God of compassion. There's no other explanation for God so loving. When it says the world, you could put your name right there. God so loved Randy. God so loved you put your name right there. He so loved you that he gave his one and only son. That Randy, if he believes in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. Put your name right there. That is a God of compassion. You know why? Because that same Randy has sinned. That same Randy has rebelled. That same Randy has not been faithful to God. But you know what it says? Even when we're not faithful, guess who is? God is. He's still faithful. And he will keep his promise to offer his compassion to us, even when we have failed miserably in our own lives. He talks about that in 1 John 1 and verse 9. He says this, if we confess our sins, he's going to keep a scorecard and he's going to bring it up to you from now on. Is that what it says? If we confess our sins, he is faithful to do what? We want to punish you, want to destroy you, want to make you pay for that. Is that what it says? No. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Remember both of those things together? You know how he's just? He will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know how he does that? Because his justice put his son on the cross in our place. That's both justice and compassion like we cannot imagine. Justice demanded payment for sin. Compassion put Jesus there in our place. What a faithful God we serve. You want to know you can trust God? Look at the cross. Even if you don't see anything else, see Jesus on the cross for you. See God's love putting his son there, nailing him there, and allowing him to bleed and die there for you. That's how much God loves you. That's how compassionate God is toward you. Even when you sin and rebelled and turned your back on him and been unfaithful to him, he has faithfully provided that for you and for me. That's the faithful God of the Bible. That's the God that we serve and see and learn about in Scripture. That if we are willing to confess our sins, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins. He will purify us from all unrighteousness because that's the only thing that will allow us to have his presence in us here and allow us to dwell in his presence in eternity is for our sin to be removed from our lives. And he has been faithful to provide the way for us all to be cleansed and purified because he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son he so loved you that he gave his one and only son so that if you would believe in him, put your trust in him, you could have eternal life with him. In Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter has preached the 
first gospel sermon ever preached. And the people in the audience realized that God had been faithful even when they had not been, when they heard the message. They, they learned that God was faithful to his promise to Abraham, that through his son Isaac and his descendants, he would send a savior, a deliverer of the people. And in Peter's sermon, he reminds them of how Jesus showed that he was the fulfillment of that promise with the miracles and the wonders and the signs that Jesus did, that he was showing, he was giving them evidence that this was God keeping his promise to provide a way. But he said, you with the help of, help of wicked men nailed him to the cross. That's us too. We're some of those wicked men and women who nailed Jesus to the cross because our sin put him there. We are responsible for nailing Jesus to the cross. But he didn't stop there say, oh, see, you're condemned now because you rejected what God offered and you nailed Jesus to the cross and now there's no hope for you. That wasn't the message. The message was, but now God has raised him from the dead and made him both Lord and Christ. When they heard Christ, that was the hope because Christ, Lord means ruler, but Christ means deliverer. Savior, the anointed one, who could do what God promised he was going to do for all of us. It was in Christ that we could be delivered from our sin. In Acts 2, verse 37, the people were, it says, cut to the heart. And they asked Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what can we do about this? Cut to the heart means they were convicted. They realized their need for a faithful God to deliver them from their sin. And Peter said to them in verse 38, here's what you need to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember, his presence is in his spirit. So he said, you can have, if you repent of your sin, this faithful God, will not only forgive you of your sins, that's, that's the amazing thing to start with, but then as a gift to you, after he forgives you of your sin, he will put his spirit in you so that you have God with you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the scripture says, lives in those who have repented and been baptized into Christ. We have the power of the resurrected Lord in all of us until he comes again. The faithful God has promised this. But here's the amazing thing. Look, look at what he says next in verse 30, 39. He just talked about this promise of the forgiveness of sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says to the audience there, this promise is for you. It's for your children, the generation coming behind you. And this promise of a faithful God is for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. That means God is faithful to that promise right here, right now, today if God is calling you today to come to that faithful God who will keep his promise to you that if you come confessing your sin, repenting of it, be obedient in baptism, he will wash you clean, forgive you of your sins, and give you the promised gift of his spirit to indwell you and empower you for the rest of your life on this earth. What a faithful God we serve. Let's pray together. Father, Father, we know that 
we are so unfaithful to you so many times. Every little thing that goes wrong, every problem we have, every struggle we have, we tend to forget about your love and your care and your faithfulness to us. And we don't honor you. We don't obey you like we need to. But even when we're not faithful, you are. Your promise still stands. You are still there for us. You still, in your presence, is there for us. Your forgiveness, your grace, the sacrifice of Jesus is always there for us if we would just accept it, respond to it as you called us to. Father, I pray that if anyone today needs to know that they could come to you and find you faithful, that today your spirit would work through your word and it would prompt them in their hearts and they would be convicted and take those steps that they need to take to come into your faithfulness that you're offering to them now. If there are those here that, that had done that at some time in the past, but that had wandered away and been unfaithful to you, help them to know even in their unfaithfulness, you are still here and faithful to them if they would just come confessing their sins, repenting. Father, help them to know that they could come home to a faithful father. There's somebody here that just needs a church home to connect with and be a part of, to to learn and grow and, and walk with others in this life you've called us to. I pray that today they would come and take that step of commitment to a church family. Whatever the need is in their hearts, Father, I pray that today they would be prompted and drawn by your spirit to take those steps that need to be taken. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.